Now welcome to This Time in History with the podcast guy, Matt King. Welcome back, guys. This is This Time in History. I'm Matthew, here with Stephen. Hello, everyone. How was your Christmas? Good. Had a good time. Santa was good to you? Yeah, it wasn't too bad. <laughs> I didn't know if I was going to see him or not, but I guess I was a good boy. All right. Any uh, resolutions for the new year? Nope. I'm just keeping them to myself. Private ones. Yes. That way, if you fuck up, no one knows, right? Exactly. (laughs) All right, everyone. um, Let's get started with uh, the little fun facts. We spend them over a week, as I've said to you before. So in 1788... The Times, which is London's oldest running newspaper, published its first edition. Yeah, that's a long time ago. And they're still going. Yes, they are. In 1839, photography pioneer Louis Dagmere takes the first photograph of the moon. Or the first known one, I guess. Of the moon. Of the moon. From the ground? Well, or I... was he in space? It doesn't, it doesn't say in my notes. It just says he took a picture of the moon. Oh, okay. Well, that doesn't <laughs> fill us in with much because he could have been on the ground to picture the moon, or he could have been up there to picture the moon. Good point. Were they doing space then? I don't know. It's eighteen thirty-nine, so I'm going to say no. Yeah. So he must took it from the ground or from a rooftop or something. Probably. Because I don't think they had rockets going to the moon then. In nineteen twenty-three, the Sahara Desert is crossed by an automobile for the first time. Did it make it completely across? I'm, I'm guessing. Uh, fuck, I don't like, know. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, they don't give you much detail on any of this shit. In 1930, brewery heir Adolphus Bush is kidnapped. What's with all these brewery heirs getting kidnapped? The other week, we had uh, the Coors guy getting kidnapped. Now the Bush guy is getting kidnapped. Because these beer people have money. Or maybe the, it's organized crime maybe. back then. I don't know. It was many years ago, so it could be. In 1959, Fidel Castro seizes power in Cuba as General Fugencio Batista flees. And that was the beginning of that guy. That was the beginning of him. (laughs) So, notable birthdays this week go out to Anthony Hopkins, Val Kilmer, uh, Shelley Hennig, Tay Diggs, Fernando Tatis Jr., Eli Manning, the brother of Peyton Manning, the greatest quarterback of all time. Mel Gibson, Dax Shepard, Cuba Gooding Jr., and I save this one for last, Donald Trump Jr. I won't go there. No? Donald Trump Jr. <laughs> okay, so today we played around with our schedule a little bit, and today we're going to discuss the sextortion of Amanda Todd. It's a heavy case, so strap in because yeah, this is gonna be a it's gonna be a hard one, Stephen. Yeah, it's not good when teenagers die. So Amanda Michelle Todd, born on November twenty seventh, nineteen ninety six, was a fifteen year old Canadian student and a victim of cyberbullying, who hung herself in her home in Port Coquitlam, British Columbia, Canada. Before her death. Todd posted a video on YouTube in which she used a series of flashcards to tell her experience of being blackmailed into exposing her breasts via webcam and being bullied and physically assaulted. The video went viral after her death, resulting in international media attention. The video has more than 14 million views as of February 2021. The Royal uh, Canadian Mounted Police and the British Columbia Coroner Service launched an investigation into the suicide. So, the story goes, on September 7th, 2012, Todd posted a nine-minute YouTube video titled My Story, Struggling, Bullying, Suicide, Self-Harm, which showed her using a series of flashcards to tell her experiences being bullied. The video went viral after her death on October 10th, 2012, receiving over 1.6 million views by October 13th, 2012, which is only three days later. 
with the news websites from around the world linking to it. Now, in preparing for this topic, you and I, we watched the Fifth Estate video and we watched her video. What are your thoughts uh, on the video? I mean, I can see how it happened. No, but specifically on her video with the flashcards. Oh, I mean, she was yelling out, but I mean, nobody was helping her, like... I thought I saw you wiping tears. Like, it, it's a sin, like, someone that age to have to take her life because she's been bullied so bad. Like, but what gets into these girls at that age, like, to flash somebody? Like, I don't understand that. I don't know why they were, you know, like, but, but with the inter- their parents could have shut it down. I would have went old school on, on her ass. Because I would have took internet out. There would have been no cable, no nothing. You would have had a telephone that was on the wall. would have been no cell phones or nothing. Can't get in trouble that way. That's a good point. Because if you have no internet and you've got no computers and stuff, you can't get in trouble. Just your regular TV and a phone on the wall. So during the video, Todd writes that when she was in grade 7, which was 2009-2010... Yeah, she wasn't even in high school. She was in middle school, for Christ's sake. Around the same time she moved in with her father, she used video chat to meet new people over the internet and received compliments on her looks. Her mother was not happy about the webcam, but her father didn't seem to share her mother's concerns. Now, you well, have see, daughters. She played both her parents. You have because when she, they, she played them against each other. Yes, when she couldn't get what she wanted from her mother and get the webcam, well, fuck you, I'll move to dad's. Now, you have... Dad will let me have one. You have, you have kids, you have daughters. Would you ever let the webcam... For Okay, so, so there's two steps. There's the webcam into the house, and then the webcam into the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Which one... Where are you on that? Where do you fall? I wouldn't have a webcam. Not for, with my kids being that age. What the hell do they need a webcam for? If it ain't for schoolwork on your computer, then you don't need it. Well, she also liked to, to uh, sing and perform. Yeah, well, she could have did that without the webcam. She could have did that and just posted her stuff later. She didn't have to be on webcam. I will say that I, I would never allow a webcam, and I have never allowed a webcam in my house. I never had one growing up when we had computers. Well, see, I'm glad that we... My kids were, like, older teenagers before we got a computer in our home. Like, I mean, and they were much older. Like, I don't understand these parents that just... And a lot of them don't watch what the kids are doing on the computer. And on these especially and things. Especially like, if the webcam is in the bedroom. Well, yeah. How are you going to watch? I mean, I can see the mother went, no, you're not having webcam. But see, well, it's fuck you. I'll go to dad. He'll let me have one. And she moved him to dad and dad let her have one. And look what happened. And I'm sure he's got to live with that guilt every day. Not too long after, a stranger convinced Todd to bare her breasts on a webcam stream, saving frames using screen capturing. So while she's doing this, he's there's a, they're called captors or something. There's a way in which you can take a picture and it's like a freeze frame while somebody's doing a video. And then you have that picture forever. I don't care what anybody says. The internet and all this bullshit with computers and that is very dangerous. Yes. I'm glad it wasn't around when my kids were growing up. So he was saving the frames he used for screen, uh, uh, screen capturing. After attempting to do so for a year, he blackmailed her. He later blackmailed her by threatening to give the topless photo to her friends unless she gave him a show. Yeah. So she was like, so he's like. Give me a show, or give me three shows, or whatever it is that he said. And when she refused, he sent the nude photo to everybody she knew. Now, two things. Number one, he didn't have her consent to show that photo. Number two, she's fucking in grade seven at this time. So she's like, what? At the max she could be is 13. And that's being generous. So, if she's... That's... That's... Pornography, that's child pornography. Yes, that's exactly what it is. But yet they never caught him. Well, no. Like, let's, this, like they kept fighting and fighting. And let's let's get to the end of our notes. We don't... Uh, so how it works is I read ahead. Stephen doesn't read the notes. That's his personal choice. And then he gets to find out while we're doing it. So he lives the topic and reacts like maybe most of you would while we're doing the topic. And that's the way we choose to do this 
th- th- this I podcast. I don't understand the father. Like, but he thought it wasn't a problem, her having the webcam. But she wasn't monitored. No. And see what this is what happens. Like, then she got cyberbullied. She should have just said, fuck you all. I'll bear more my fucking tits, because now here's a shot of my ass, bastards. How do you like me now? Todd wrote that during the Christmas 2010 break, police knocked on her door at 4 a.m. to inform her that the photo was circulating on the internet. She wrote that she experienced anxiety, depression, and panic disorder due to being sexually exploited online and cyberbullied. Her family moved to a new home where Todd later said she began using alcohol and other drugs as coping mechanisms. Yes, they changed schools and everything for her. But did he not find her again? We'll continue. A year later, Todd's blackmailer reappeared, creating a Facebook profile that used the topless photo as its profile image and contacting classmates at her new school. Again, Todd was teased, eventually changing schools for a second time. She wrote that she began chatting to a, quote, old guy friend who contacted her. The friend invited Todd to his house, where they had sex while his girlfriend was on holiday. The following week, the boy's girlfriend and a group of about 15 others confronted Todd at school, shouting insults, with the boy's girlfriend punching her. Todd fell to the ground and then lay in a ditch where her father found her later. How did that happen? Like... No, this this guy she had sex with and the blackmailer is not the same person. No, I know that. Okay. But how the hell did he get her to go to his place? They have sex, and what do you do? Go back and tell his girlfriend about it? Either that or she found out. Because she found out somehow, like... And then they all go to her place along with him, and he hits her? No, no, this happened at school where they attacked her. Yes, but... So the boyfriend hits her? No, no, no. No, the girlfriend punched her. Oh, it's the girlfriend that punched her. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can see the girlfriend being pissed, but she should have been punching the boyfriend. He's the one that called her to go over because he wanted to get his dick wet. I agree. Teenagers, see? Todd attempted suicide by drinking bleach. Yes. But survived after being rushed to the hospital to have her stomach pumped. Yeah. It killed me inside, and I thought I was actually going to die. That's a quote from Todd. And she commented, uh, she, she said that quote actually in her one of her videos. After returning home, Todd discovered abusive messages about her suicide attempt posted to Facebook. And in March 2012, her family moved to another city to start afresh. But Todd was unable to escape the past. According to her mother, quote, Every time she moved schools, he would go undercover and become a Facebook friend. What that guy did was he went online to the kids who went to the new school and said he was going to be a new student, that he was starting school the following week, and that he wanted some friends and if they could friend him on Facebook. He eventually gathered people's names and sent Todd's video to her new school including students, teachers, and parents. Six months later, further messages and abuse were still being posted to social networking sites. With Todd's mental state worsening, she began to engage in self-mutilation and cutting. And we saw, we saw one of the pictures of what she did to her arm, and it was just fucking brutal. Yes, I know a fellow that used to do that to himself. One of my son's friends. Despite taking her prescribed antidepressants and receiving counseling, she overdosed and was hospitalized for two days. I want to take a time out here. And I don't mean this as a PSA, but I just want to say that if you, if you are listening to this, if you are in a state of depression, if you're having thoughts of suicide, if your mental state is Self, worsening... Self-mutilation, whatever If you're be. cutting... Like, please get help. Yeah. Please reach out. I've been there's, there. There's all sorts of avenues that you can take to get help out there. So, so please get it. help. Don't do this to yourself. Getting back to the story now. Todd was taunted by other students at her new school for her low grades, a consequence of a language-based learning disability, 
and for the time she spent in the hospital to treat her severe depression. Her mother would say, quote, It didn't really help that after she got out of the hospital, recently some kids started calling her psycho and saying that she had been in the crazy hospital. She went to the hospital. She had therapy. She had counseling. She was on a good track. On the day she gets out, that happens. I shake my head and I think, are kids really that nasty? Do they not think? What if it was them? Yes, exactly. What if it was them? But this day and age, they don't think. They just do, and then this is what happens. Somebody gets hurt. And then after it's after they're hurt, then it's like, oh my gosh, you know, we shouldn't have bullied her so bad. Like, we shouldn't have did this. Shouldn't have, well, it's too late. It's way too late. On October 10th, 2012, at about 6 p.m., Todd was found hung in her home. At the time of her death, Todd was a grade 10 student at Cabe Secondary in Coquitlam, a school that caters to students who have experienced social and behavioral issues in previous educational settings. Preliminary investigation by the British Columbia Corner Service showed that Todd's death was a suicide. The cause of death was reported in some media as hanging, but the exact cause of death has not been released. The Royal Canadian Mounted Police and British Columbia Corner Service put 20 full-time investigators on the case. The Coquitlam and Ridge Meadows serious crime teams cooperated in a full investigation, conducting interviews and examining factors that may have contributed to Todd's death. Investigators were reviewing content on social media sites and were actively monitoring pages. The Canadian National Organization, Cybertip.ca, reported having received a tip about Todd nearly a year before her suicide. The Anti-Child Exploitation Group stated that in November 2011, a concerned citizen reported that images of Todd were in circulation on the internet. That information was provided to law enforcement as well as child welfare agencies. According to CBC News program The Fifth Estate, the RCMP were repeatedly informed that the juvenile was being sexually extorted by an adult male, and in response, the RCMP told the family that there was, quote, nothing that could be done about it. According to the Ontario Provincial Police, the OPP, however, the crime of sextortion can be investigated quite successfully. But yet they went once she's dead then they put all these ones on all these cops on to try to find like they didn't do it before she died when they should have been doing it they wait till she's dead and then no oh, well we'll put 20 cops on this but before that all the parents were getting is there's nothing we can do there's nothing we can do i agree you know and then once she's dead well we'll take 20 cops and we'll put them on this case like what kind of bullshit is that instead of helping her before she was dead Perhaps maybe the authorities and the government were more interested in playing the blame game. But that's, that's me, speculation. Like, even with her, she was to a point where she wasn't getting any help. Nobody was helping to stop this. So, like, I'll just end my life and then it'll be over. And that's just what she did. And like you said, they said hanging, but nobody's for sure. Following an investigation by Facebook's security unit, whose report was forwarded by U.S. authorities to the Child Exploitation and Online Protection Center attached to the British National Crime Agency, and then to Dutch authorities, in January 2014, Dutch police arrested a man in a case involving multiple victims in the Netherlands, U.K., and Canada, having installed spyware on his computers, Chilling chat logs of extortion, numerous images of child pornography, and 5,800 bookmarked names that served as a database for potential victims and their social networks were found. In, in April 2014, it was reported that Dutch authorities charged a 35-year-old man of dual Dutch and Turkish citizenship, identified only as Aiden C., with within the Netherlands in accordance with Dutch privacy laws. And they charged him with indecent assault and possession of child pornography. That same month, 
the RCMP announced that the man has been charged with extortion, internet luring, criminal harassment, and possession and distribution of child pornography for his alleged offenses against Todd and other child victims, both male and female. Todd's mother thanked police, but also said that she believed more than one person was involved. On January 28, uh, 2015, CBC News said that Aidan Coben had written an open letter proclaiming his innocence. Here's the open letter. It says, This is an open letter to all concerned. I'm writing this in the English language because it's a case with international coverage. The judge has been notified and has received it as well. First off, I'm innocent. I'm not the so-called tormentor of Miss Amanda Todd or of anyone else for that matter. I've been in jail exactly a year now for things I haven't done. To this day, I haven't been directly charged with the case of Miss Amanda Todd. Yet the worldwide media and their audience have been branding me as the monster behind it. They pretend to be the judge, the jury, and the executioner while committing character assassination by orchestrating a hate campaign against an individual on a scale rarely seen. A fair trial has been made impossible. I've made of my... I can't fucking understand what this guy's trying to say. To remain silent so far because it was clear from the beginning prosecution and the police were behind their... They tried to burst the few things I did say by taking them out of context. But now, worldwide, so many blatant lies are being sold as the truth and repeated as absurdium that I've decided to write this open letter. I've written the following based on the explanations of ICT experts, the so-called Facebook security report, and the case files. But I thought the cops said that... Amanda's name was on his computer. He's he's gonna. Pro- no, he's saying that you know. He he's gonna proclaim his innocence. Most people that are facing well, for yeah. judge, they they uh, they say they're innocent. But anyway. they have enough. Effort, you know, he says now he hasn't been officially charged. Well, that's actually you not know. true, and we'll go through my. But I was gonna say, how could he be? How long can they keep you in jail without, without officially charging you with something? So, Dutch authorities dropped some child pornography charges in October 2015. Coben's case went to trial in February 2017 and concluded on March 16, 2017. He faced 72 charges of sexual assault and extortion in the Netherlands involving 39 alleged victims which were 34 young women and 5 men in countries as various as Britain, Canada, Norway, and the United States, some of whom have been harassed for years. He was also eventually convicted and sentenced on the Dutch charges of internet fraud and blackmail, and faced 5 separate Canadian charges related to Todd, Herself not being one of the 39. So the Canadian stuff is separate. And it was anticipated that he would be extradited to Canada no sooner than the middle of 2018, whilst serving his Dutch sentence of 10 years and 8 months. Carol Todd, who's Amanda Todd's mother, expressed relief at the sentence. And in December 2019, it was reported that Canadian authorities were preparing for the extradition. The extradition was delayed until December 2020 due to problems obtaining travel documents for Coben and his lawyer Robert Malowitz. Coben continues to maintain his innocence and it was reported that he is looking forward to his name being cleared in Canada despite the strong evidence against him. A pre-trial conference was set to begin on February 12, 2021. 
Todd's suicide received widespread international media coverage, much of which included a link to her YouTube video and an email address provided by the RCMP appealing for information from the public. Within 24 hours of that appeal, over 400 tips were received. The RCMP has stated that its investigation was hindered by the amount of false information in online postings after Todd's death and by scams claiming to raise money for her family. Things people will do for money. On October 19, 2012, a series of vigils was held across Canada and internationally to remember Todd and other victims of bullying. A minute of silence was observed by a quarter of a million students in the Toronto District School Board, and on the same day, Todd's mother was a guest of the 2012 Wee Day in Vancouver, a week after Todd's death. Bullying has been scheduled as a topic before Todd's death and was addressed by speakers Magic Johnson, musician and anti-bullying advocate Demi Lovato, and British Columbia Premier Christy Clark. Initially, Todd's mother was denied entry into an anti-bullying conference for fear that her presence would upset other attendees. The family was invited to attend later events. On November 18, 2012, 600 people gathered at a final farewell ceremony for Todd at Red Robinson Show Theatre in Coquitlam near her home. Carol Todd told the gathering that her daughter had left behind, quote, a larger-than-life message that has sparked the world and made it open its eyes, ears, and its hearts. Couldn't imagine. Internet hacking and activist group Anonymous alleged that a 32-year-old man was Todd's blackmailer and main tormentor. The group published the Vancouver area man's name and address on the internet, resulting in the man's receipt of online threats of vigilante justice. After investigating the tip, police determined that the allegations were unfounded and said that, quote, the false information that is being spread by people who appear to be trying to use Amanda's story to do harm or make a profit was one of the challenges that they faced. So sad. According to an interview with the Vancouver Sun, the publication of his identity on social media sites resulted in over 50 emails and thousands of Facebook death threats. A member of Anonymous had attempted to dissuade the group from publishing the information, saying that they had the right person but that the address belonged to somebody else who was not the target. And Slate reported that the person who was responsible turned out to be 19 not 32. Michelle Dean of The New Yorker compared Todd's death to the suicide of Tyler Clementi, who was an LGBT student at Rutgers University who jumped to his death uh, from the George Washington Bridge after his roommates encouraged friends to watch a live stream of Clementi kissing another man. That is a case that we are going to cover in the coming months. It's a very sad case. In an early piece questioning the assumptions of perpetrators of non-consensual pornography, she quotes Marianne Franks, who said, Women have become, as Franks put it, unwilling avatars, unable to control their own images online, and then told to put up with it for the sake of, quote, freedom and for the good of the community. And then they are incorrectly told, even if the public is behind them, that they have no remedies in the law. They are shouted down by people with a view of freedom of speech more literal than that held by any judge. Which is, they're not wrong because as you said and, and, and it's told us, the RCMP told them, there's nothing we can do. Yeah. There's nothing we can do. And then once she's dead, there's all sorts they can do. They put 20 men on it after she's gone, like... And the thing is, I don't understand this... Like, yes, I mean, she was a young girl. She should not have been flashing her tits to anybody. But the thing is, it isn't on... It's not... I mean, it's legal for women to go topless now. They fought for it and they got it. But she was a child. You know? But that doesn't mean children are supposed to do it. And on com computers, on cam, like... Uh, like, can people, parents not knock this into their heads? Like, and the child had, like, what, two or three different computers? Like, she would go through them, yeah. You know? 
did they not see a pattern and a problem like she was living off the internet during the the fifth estate that we watched together you remember her father said i would check in on her periodically and i knew her passwords but but i don't really think that he did the the proper search and i'm not judging him i'm just saying as a parent listen as a parent i will do what i have to do to protect my kid if that means occasionally having to invade their privacy then so be it as long as my kid is safe that is what matters and i'm proud to say that my kids have never been physically beaten they've never been sexually assaulted they've never been kidnapped they've never been nothing and that is because not only me but you know there is a family we cast a net around our kids and we protect them you have to like especially with this day and age i mean this happens and i mean i'm sure there's these cases where kids have committed suicide and that and nobody knows what they went through beforehand why they did it and it could have had anything to do with the internet and stuff but i mean children should not be on the internet anyway they should not have a computer i agree they're children vancouver magazine titled a piece on todd quote the girl who woke up the world in 2012 she was the third most googled person and by 2013 vigils had been held in 38 countries her mother continues to be the subject of cyber stalking after todd's suicide more than 1 million facebook users liked her facebook memorial page mingled among the positive support and comments are attacks and images from strangers and people claiming to be her former classmates after one man's derogatory facebook comments about todd's death were reported to his employer the grafton fraser mr big and tall clothing chain it confirmed that he was no longer an employee on october 19th 2012 police in new zealand said they were questioning a 17 year old boy from raglan who allegedly posted quote inappropriate and disturbing images on a memorial page for todd police removed the images and shut down the boy's facebook page i honestly think that that's something that's probably going to have to happen more regularly because there are a lot of people and it's not only it's not exclusive to facebook it's facebook it's instagram it's snapchat or whatever the fuck twitter there's uh the tiktok it's so much stuff out there like tiktok you're taking videos of yourself dancing you're basically inviting I'm, i'm sorry that's that's wrong of me to say but it could be con- it could be conceived that by dancing and depending on what you're wearing you're basically inviting the the these perpetrators, these perpetrators to come after you and, and that's a horrible thing to say but i know I, that but it but it doesn't make it any less true but i went on tiktok and seen some of these chicks i mean some of them are older but you know and they're twerking and stuff like in these little tight shorts and like what the hell of course you're bringing, you know, you're going to bring stuff on yourself because people are going to see this. And it's like, oh, like, this one seems pretty loose. Let's, you know, let's attack this one. Yeah, but... Let's as, see if we can get her to take her clothes off. As a man, we're supposed to not think that way. We're supposed to control what we think. I, for one, I don't look for people on, on uh, social media. Well, no. But that's me. That's not everybody else i'm i'm scared to death you know at least one of my kids is on social media i'm terrified i I, every day i i i I have to ask her about her what she does online her facebook her instagram and whatever the hell else she does online you know it's hard when they become adults because it's like well screw you because it's my page i will do as i please and you know they don't want you snooping in their business, which is understandable too, because they're becoming young adults. But I mean, she was a kid. She was a fucking kid, and her life's been snuffed from from her because of this. Like, you know, she took her own life over this, and left her parents devastated, and her family. Like, it, it's sad. Like, who does that? Like, you know, who tortures someone that bad that they're gonna take their life? Like, your head's got to be really, you know, messed up to do that to somebody. 
Yes. And keep taking and because the thing is, it wasn't just once. Every time he turns around, he finds her again, and he'd torture her some more. And keep sending the and photo keep out. Sending the photos out, and you know, like, and it ended her life. So Carol Todd established the Amanda Todd Trust at the Royal Bank of Canada, receiving donations to support anti-bullying awareness, education, and programs for young people with mental health problems. A week after Todd's death, ABC News reported that fraudulent websites had been set up claiming to solicit donations. Quoting a statement from RCMP Sergeant Peter Thiessen, Quote, taking advantage of a family's grief is despicable. We want to get the word out that there is one real account and anyone who is interested can make an, a, a donation at any RBC branch to the Amanda Todd Trust account. It has since been incorporated as a non-profit colloquity known as the Amanda Todd Legacy with a particular outreach on the mental health issues of adolescents on occasions such as World Mental Health Day on October 10th. The Amanda Todd Legacy Award was established in conjunction with the Douglas College Foundation in 2016. Three students are awarded $1,000 annually toward their studies. The Amanda Todd Legacy and Carol Todd have also participated in LGBT advocacy under the aegis of the kids help phone canada's 24-hour hotline for youth in crisis carol todd is close friends with lee parsons the mother of uh, rita parsons and they frequently network about cyberbullying issues the two women have often together have the speaking arrangements about their respective daughters with an emphasis on respect acceptance forgiveness and dignity now rita parsons is another uh topic that we're going to cover down the road she had circumstances similar to amanda todd but we'll get into that when it's her time on march 24th 2018 composer jocelyn morlock won a juno award for a classic composition of the year for a piece inspired by Amanda Todd. She was joined on stage by her mother, Carol Todd. Now, this is what I wanted to get to. The next part is going to be the legislative impact of everything that happened. So in 2012, parliamentarian Danny Morin of New Democratic Party introduced a motion into the House of Commons of Canada in response to Todd's death. The motion proposed a study of the scope of bullying in Canada and more funding and support for anti-bullying organizations. It was also intended to, intended to lay the groundwork for a national strategy to prevent bullying. Morin himself had experienced bullying in school. In November 2013, Justice Minister at the time, Peter McKay of the Conservative Party, introduced Bill C-13, anti-cyberbullying and revenge porn legislation. Carol Todd criticized its warrantless access provisions, saying, quote, I don't want to see our children victimized again by losing privacy rights. The definition of cyberbullying itself has been a matter of considerable debate, as have the bill's privacy provisions, particularly in regard to encryption technologies. It went into effect on March 9, 2015, and has been largely promoted as protecting minors, but applies to all ages. So, Stephen, we've gone through the case. We've read uh, all the research. What do you think about this sad event that took place? I couldn't imagine going through it, being a parent and having to deal with this. It's something they will never, ever get over. The father must be just guilt-stricken. Because he didn't keep an eye like he should have. He'd give her the cam like he shouldn't have. Because his mother wouldn't, so he'd give her her own way. They were playing, the parents were playing against each other too. Like the mother wouldn't let her have it, so I'll go to dad. Dad will let me have it. And sure enough, dad did. And look what happened. Now he's got to live with that for the rest of his life. But what would, what would make a girl but, want to bear her breasts uh, online? Especially somebody so young. Is it that she was impressionable? 
I'm wondering if she wasn't reaching out because obviously her parents were split up because her father was living in one place, her mother was in another. Yes. And she was going back and forth. So obviously something was going on there. Maybe that had an effect on her with their breakup. And maybe this was just her lashing out. Like, okay, there's a young guy, he's interested, da da da. He's talking, you know, he's being nice, da da da. What the hell? He wants me to flash him, I'll give him a titty show. Like, you know? Because I'll, I'll tell you this now. Like, a lot of girls give titty shows. It's surprising. Like it, I've heard more stories on it than you would know. Even if they, you don't take the picture on the webcam, and there is a picture, and it goes in the cloud. You, you've ever heard the saying, "Once it's in the cloud, you can't." It's it's out there. It's you, out there. You, you're not getting it back. Exactly. You know, like, but her parents have to live with this for the rest of their lives. They've lost their daughter. Like, how do you like? I couldn't even imagine losing a child. I just could not imagine. And there's nothing they can, you know, it's nothing nothing they can do now. She's gone. You're not bringing her back. Do you remember hearing about this story in real time? I remember hearing something about it, but I was, I didn't pay a lot of attention because, I mean, I was, like, was just busy and... I think you had just moved back up to Ontario at that time. Yeah, like, so, but I mean, I really, I don't know how the parents are getting through this. I mean, I see how the mother's working with it, because, like, she's trying to get more out there on the bullying and stuff, and, and try to get it switched. But, I mean, kids are kids, and they're going to do this shit without thinking about it. How many guys, young guys, go on and flash their business to girls and stuff? You don't know if that's a girl your age on the other end there or not, if there's no picture. Like, you know... So you're flashing these people, these girls, these young guys and stuff, they're flashing these people. You don't know for sure who you're flashing. But wouldn't you say it's different? And and bear with me here for a second. It's different because of one thing. So theoretically, and this is theoretically, when a girl flashes, she's flashing boobs. So there's a chance you're going to get her boobs and her face in the same picture. But... If a guy's flashing, he's flashing his penis. Yeah. And there's no face. No, there's no face to the picture. So you can deny, deny, deny. I'm not excusing that. I'm just pointing that out. But why didn't... She could have did... The pictures still could be done, breast pictures, without your face in it. Like, I don't... Like, why she put her face in there is beyond me. Like, I'd be, you know... But, I mean, kids don't think about what they're doing. They just do it. And if she was rebelling against parents and stuff and other things going on in her life. Do you think, and, and you're not qualified to answer this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Do you think that if it was just a breast shot, no face, that maybe she doesn't get the harassment as hard as she did? She probably, but How could they harass her if they don't know who it is? There's no face to it. You know... She planned on... Other than, their, uh, other than if her name was up or not. But I mean, you know, like, as far as her face not being shown and just her breasts, who can you, it could be anybody's breasts. It could be some, you know, 15-year-olds or some 40-year-olds. I will tell you this. About a month before she killed herself, she had plans, I think it was the next year or whatever, when her birthday came. I'm not, I'm not sure. I, this is... This was part of the Fifth Estate story we heard, where she had plans on getting a tattoo that said, Stay Strong. Yes. She never got that tattoo. But her father did after she passed away. Yes. Her father had it done on his arm. Yes. But I, like I said before, do her you remember? is really feeling, feeling a lot of guilt. Do you remember what... That cam, like, and do, and you re, do you remember when he said he got the phone call? And he, we watched the video, and he broke down in tears. Yeah, like, well, it's got to be devastating. That's your child. You find out that, you know, they're dead, like, and all because of this bullying and stuff. Like, But I think there might have been a little more going on before that, the bullying thing and her flashing and stuff. Like, was she rebelling against the parents? Because they were split up and stuff. And so God knows what the situation there was like. Like, how well they were getting along when they seen each other. Now... I'm going to offer my two cents, and this may not be a popular opinion, but this is my opinion, so I do apologize in advance if I do offend anybody. I would have never allowed this to happen because 
I am the type of parent who will invade their child's privacy if I see fit. I don't just do it to do it. If I think my kid is in jeopardy, I'm going to do something about it. If I think my kid's being bullied, and my kid has been bullied before, I go to the school. I deal with the teachers. If the teachers don't want to do anything, I deal with the principal. If the principal doesn't want to do anything, I will go after the parents. I don't give two fucks. And if nothing is going to happen, then I'm going to scream and and yell at the the kid. And if that makes me a bad person, then so be it. My kid is hurting. I'm going to do anything that I can to stop it. There was a situation when my kid was in kindergarten and she was being targeted by this kid. And I fixed the problem right away. There was another problem with a teacher at school a few years later. And I fixed that in one meeting with the principal. And I was not... There were there were curse words said. I'll just leave it at that. And... I'm telling you right now, my daughter has never, my kids, forget my daughter, my kids, all of them, have never, will never have a webcam in their room, period. I don't care if we're millionaires. I don't care if they're millionaires. I I don't care. It will never happen. But most of these computers are built in with it. Webcams are built right into them. That's true. You know? Nowadays... In the beginning, they weren't. You had to have the webcam separate. But now, they just they build them right into the bloody components when they're putting them together. And I do feel better that now the government is making these laws and actually enforcing these laws. We can count on that here in Ontario, thanks to the progressive conservative government. But how many people have, you know, how many people died before they've done anything, you know, like... I mean, yes, Amanda's one, but how many more? You know, it's it's such a sad thing. And their kids. Like, she had such a great life that could have become, like, if she was still alive. Like, it just saddens me that someone that age takes their own life because they've been bullied and hurt that bad. And then, like I said, but we don't know what went on with the parents, neither. And how she was doing things with them, like... Was she playing them back and forth? Yes, I think she was. Because when the mother said no cam, she went to dad. And she got what she wanted. Like, And that's something he's going to have to live with for the rest of his yes, life. Yes, exactly. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't even imagine the guilt. And again, was... we're not Monday morning quarterbacking what happened. No. What no. happened is it was tragic. It's it was sad. It terrible. And... Like, I can't even believe that the child... That, that, I, I just hope that... Everyone can learn from this and with... with It's scary. i got grandchildren out there. I've got like six granddaughters. With Carol Todd uh, establishing the Amanda Todd legacy and getting money out there for anti-bullying, she's not letting her daughter die in vain, and I applaud that. You know, like i got six granddaughters. Now, I know some of them don't have internet. You know, I know some of them don't have internet. I know my daughter doesn't have it hooked up in her house right now because she just moved. She will be getting it back in. But all they have is their phones. I don't... And tablets and stuff. But I think tablets can still do as much damage. I'm sure you can go online with them and stuff. Like, I don't know exactly, but... But I'm sure you can go online with them. Because there's just so much out there that you can do. Whether it be a phone, a tablet, you can just do so much with all these le- electronics now. And like you said, they all have built-in computer. They all have built-in webcams, yeah. even the phones. Look at the great, look at these Roku TVs now. These smart TVs. They said they they can listen in on you and everything. Like it would not surprise me any that this conversation is being recorded as we speak. We are recording it. Yes, but I'm sure TV could be doing it too. Like these crazy uh, technology. Yeah. All they want to know is more about you. Uh, where'd you hear that that one story uh, about home home cameras? They were hacked in, so so they had these cameras set up, and the father, husband, whatever he could, he he could access the cameras and talk to his kids and to his wife through the camera without them seeing him, but he could see them, and then apparently it was hacked. And then other people were talking, and the police had to come and actually listen to the voices, and it was well, kind of it like, was kind of fucked up. Yeah, see, this the, they have a lot of technology. 
but some of it isn't been tried enough. So it's, you know, like they say, okay, this is safe. It's, you know, da da da. So you get it. And then you find out, like, in six months, a year's time, that it's not safe. Like, other people are hacking in, they're listening to your. Look at baby monitors when they come out with them. We used to listen to the people in the other building by us, or our, at our building too, that had babies having sex and talking, conversations and everything. Because they would monitors. link up? Yes. And we could hear them. So we knew they could hear us. Why? Wow, I've never had that issue with a baby monitor. Oh. Or or people were listening to you and you just don't know it. <laughs> let's let's hope not. Like they would be very unimpressed. Like I just I couldn't believe it. I was like, what the hell? The wife was like, these are gone. We'll keep an ear open. So any final thoughts? My final thought is this should never happen. I agree. It's a damn shame. I, it's sick. I feel I'm devastated for the family. Like I can't even imagine what they're they've been going through. I can't imagine. I wish there was a way in which that the Being criminal myself, like I can't imagine what the family's going through. I wish there was a way in which the the criminal proceedings that the judge could throw the book at this guy. Yeah, like, but unfortunately, doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way because the charges that he's going to face, he won't get life in prison. I don't believe so. Well, he's tortured enough people. That's for sure. He he served time in the Dutch prison before he came here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because then they had to send over to Canada. Well, yes. Serve his time here for Amanda. But how much time is he getting for her? That's yet to be determined. You know, let's see what happens there. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Join us next week as we uh, delve into another topic. Remember that our episodes drop each and every Friday. So look for us on Spotify. Until then, that this is This Time in History. I'm Matthew, and he's Stephen. Yeah. Peace out.